water down here. My name is Dustin Langang, and I'm an alcoholic. I've been sober due to the grace of God, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, and, and uh, meetings like this since December 7th of 2001. <laughs> My sponsor told me to be, uh, to be humble right before I got up here, so thanks a lot and have a great night. Um, no, usually, you know, when you speak, you're told to uh, talk. Uh, it's going to happen a lot tonight. Talking uh, in a general way, what it used, what I was like, what happened, and what I'm like now. And um, for me, like Leah, first th- thank Leah and Gary for uh, doing a great job, and thanks to Kenny for asking me to share. But just just like them, you know, for me, I, I always felt like I was playing catch up all the time. You know, uh, gotta have what he has, gotta be with her, gotta gotta have that car, gotta have those those fat crayons, you know, whatever it was. Um, <laughs> I always needed something else because what I had never seemed good enough. And, and as a result of, of working with the sponsor and stuff, I know now that I was comparing my insides and how I felt to other people's outsides. And, uh, and I, never, I never measured up, ever. Um, I always came up short. And I always had to uh, go above and beyond, you know, um, to try to get that attention, to try to fit in, to try to get people to like me um, for whatever reason, you know. Uh, Leah talked a lot about stealing, and, and I was stealing at a young age, you know, um, whatever I could, you know, whether it was tomatoes out of my neighbor's garden and then throwing them at his house or whatever, you know. And and I seem, you know, um, we were up in International Falls, me and a few guys, not too long ago, and uh, something hit me up there that, um, that makes a lot of sense, you know. I think that um, from early on I knew right from wrong. I knew what the difference was, you know. Uh, I just made the decision all the time to do the wrong thing, but it because it seems like I got more attention, uh, I got treated differently, I got treated the way I felt like I should when I did the wrong thing, you know. Um, people seem to pay more attention to the kid who vandalized stuff and stole stuff and broke stuff and uh, and lied, you know. Um, I had some stiff competition. I got a sister who's three years younger than me and she's the perfect kid, you know. And um, I had to be really, really bad. Because I had to, you know, I don't know, I did, so I did, and uh, and it worked, you know, uh, for a long time. It got me the the I don't know the attention. That's that's what it did for me. But um, I don't remember when I started doing drugs or or anything like that. I just remember the first time that I drank. Uh, a little bit about my childhood. My 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 home was was very alcoholic. Once I started drinking, and. Um, <laughs> Before that, it was very normal, you know, other than the stealing tomatoes and trying to break into my own house and denying it, having the cops called on me and then breaking down into tears when the policeman showed up and pulled out his handcuffs. I did it. It was me. I don't want to go to jail. I was like 10. I don't know. But um, my my family was very normal, very, uh, you know, two kids, dog, um, very normal. And it killed me. You know, it killed me. And and into my drinking, I always wanted to be abused as a kid or wanted to be, you know, adopted or something. Something that I can point my finger and say, that is why I am the way I am. Because I didn't know why. I didn't know why alcohol and drugs did for me what they did. I don't know why alcohol made me feel ten times cooler than I, than I knew I was. And why alcohol made me feel ten times smarter and, and um, made me drive better and um, think harder and do better in school and, and you know all that stuff. But um, 
I started drinking my first the first time I remember that I, I drank to get drunk. Uh, it was it's a real common situation hanging out with some older guys. Uh, one of the kids was actually uh, a boy that used to whoop my butt every day after school. We'd get off the bus and he'd just totally want me right down on the end of the street, and I'd go home crying, you know. And and uh, when I was 12 years old, he uh, him and another buddy of mine they wanted to get drunk. I didn't know. Oh, okay, you know, let's get some liquor. I thought this is cool because they're in a good mood. I'm in a good mood. I'm not getting beat up right now, so this is good. This is working out all right. And um, I happened, you know, I did a lot of drugs too. And um, that day I happened to take a handful of, of mini things, which are like ephedrine pills or whatever. And um, I was already buzzed by the time the, the booze got there, you know. And uh, some hot dam and, and some peppermint schnapps showed up and had my little tumbler with Coke and hot dam. And, and I drank that down. And, and I remember the feeling it just, all, all my cares, all my insecurities, everything just went away, you know. Uh, it was definitely uh, an, an eye-opener for me. You know, I realized that uh, this is good, and there, there's nothing bad that can come of this, you know. And uh, I grew up in a Catholic home. We went to church Saturdays. First time I got drunk was on a Saturday, so it's 3.30. I have to ride my bike home. So I jump on my bike, and I'm rolling through the trail going to my house, and the wind was extra crisp, and it was just the sun was very warm, and felt great, you know, and I was so busy thinking about how good I felt that I ran right into my garage door. <laughs> Boom. Wiped out, you know, and I'm like, I need to get get a grip, you know. You're drunk. You're really drunk. You know, you're on some kind of pills. You, you just get a grip, you know. So I go inside, and I'm, like, excited for church, you know, which is like, my parents, my parents knew right away, what's up with this kid, you know. So I'm like, let's go. Let's get in the wagon. We got to roll. Um... <laughs> And uh, so we get in the station wagon, and um, which happened to be the first car I got in sobriety, by the way. Just remembered that. But uh, we get in the wagon, and I get in the back seat, and uh, I just got, got really dizzy, got really car sick, and I'm just looking around. And the last thing I remember seeing was the, the Silver Dollar Bar, and I'm from Mandan. And if you've been to Mandan, you know about the Silver Dollar Bar. And I look up, and it's like two blocks south of my church. I see this bar bleh, everywhere, you know, and both my parents are like hound dogs. They're... I know what it's from. <laughs> what? You know, I was like, what is it from? Tell me. You know, I don't know why I'm sick. You're not supposed to get sick. I felt good two seconds ago. What's going on? But um, they turned around, took me home, and uh, my dad uh, thresh threshold carried me downstairs, laid me in a chair, and put, put a blanket over me and tucked me in, and I was just shaking. You know, I don't know what was going on. And um, he said, I hope you learned your lesson. And I looked up at him and, I'll never drink again. <laughs> and, uh, and, and at the time I meant it, but then they left and I fell asleep and I woke up and I forgot all about it. Uh, I don't remember being hungover. I don't remember being sick. I didn't remember the, uh, how crappy I felt right before I fell asleep. Uh, I don't remember the feelings of, of my parents' disappointment. I didn't remember any of that. I didn't make a decision that I wanted to get drunk all the time right away, but I just didn't remember feeling bad. And I knew that I had a really good time for that hour and a half or two hours right before I threw up. And um, my whole life has, has kind of been like that. Like, if I can have two hours of fun for a half hour of puking, I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's worth it to me in my book, you know. But everything progressed after that, you know. Uh, I don't remember really trying to get alcohol probably for another year. I was 13, and, and um, we are trying to get booze. And luckily I had that, uh, that bachelor next-door neighbor guy who was willing to 
pick up a bottle of vodka or brass monkey, whatever we wanted to drink, you know. Me and my buddy Ryan, we'd go over there, we can buy some booze, you know. We got, like, change in our pocket, like, we just need a 175, you know, and whatever. And he'd be, like, looking around, I didn't get it for you. And he'd go. And then we'd get drunk, you know. We'd get liquor, we'd get drunk. And um, we got... Oh, this was a beautiful night too. We got this is probably the first alcoholic moment I had. Um, we got our one seven five a brass monkey, and we were going. We both had dirt bikes, and we were going back to the hills where we rode dirt bike, and we we're gonna hide it there till tomorrow because this was like a Thursday night or something, and uh, we we're gonna get drunk on the weekend. And we got back there, and we we're like, oh, let's just take a little drink now, you know. So we did. We cracked it open, and like a half hour later, we're walking around, and we're just like, dude. We don't have any booze for tomorrow, you know, <laughs> just wasted on a Thursday night. Um, but it was beautiful, you know, and that's how I drank. I never saved anything, you know, people to me that were like, that wouldn't give me a shot of their whiskey because they wanted to save some for tomorrow. I just hated, you know, it's like, you don't need it for tomorrow. I need it right now, tonight, you know, let's get drunk. Uh, let's do this, you know, um, I've always had a problem. I was always the class clown. I always had a problem with authority. And um, and I came up with a really good analogy for it. And my sponsor told me I could say it tonight. So um, for me, authority, like a uh, perfect example, I walk into a restroom and there's a sign on the stall that says, please do not urinate on the toilet seat. Simple enough. So I don't urinate on the toilet seat. There's a sign up there that says, please do not urinate on the toilet seat. Thank you, management. I'm peeing all over the bathroom, you know. The heater's getting it, the toilet's getting it, the roll of toilet paper, the floor, everything. It's like, who's this management guy I think he is, you know? I'm going to get him. So that's, that's kind of how it was for me. You know, teachers, I, I went to recess too, much like Gary did. And then I got sent in early a lot. Um, I never had to copy words out of the dictionary or anything, but um, I just had to sit by the wall and wait for the other kids to come in. Went to a Catholic grade school, uh, not the nun kind of Catholic grade school, but just the, you know, you be a good person kind of school. And um, I didn't like it, you know. It really clashed with my style a lot. And um, kind of a funny thing, I went to I went to grade school with uh, two other Dustins. So this whole an anonymity thing is pretty cool because I've been Dustin L since I was like five, you know. Um, it's just funny. I don't know. <clears throat> so anyway, I um, I was drinking and uh, I did a lot of drugs too. And I know this is an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, but um, uh, I was a tweaker. And if there's anybody here that's a tweaker, two things I got to say. There's no cameras behind the balloons, and there's nobody behind the green curtain. <laughs> you're safe here. You're all right, you know. Um, some of that stuff is, is hard to shake, you know. Every time I come in here, I just got to look. Yeah. But, but I did a lot of drugs, you know. That's, that was the thing to do. Um, the people that I wanted to be like, the people that I hung out with, they drank all the time. They did a lot of drugs. And, um, and that was cool for me, you know. And I made the decision probably sometime in junior high that I don't need to be anything else except for the cool guy, you know. Uh, I don't need to try hard in school because I'm just naturally intelligent. I don't need to uh, try hard to get the girlfriend because I'm just naturally good looking, you know. I have all these natural talents so I can focus all my energy on drinking and uh, forget about everything else. And um, and that's what happened. I totally forgot about everything else. Um, in high school, I was the guy that... Um, 
You know, once I found out how well alcohol worked, I wanted to get a head start. Everybody was was very happy when school got out, so I wanted to be happier. So I'd skip my last class and start getting drunk in the parking lot, you know. Everybody come out, woo, it's Friday, we're out of school. I'd be like, yeah, no, let's go, you know, we're going to party. But um, I skipped a lot of school. I didn't go. Um, my junior and senior year, I think I had like 160 absences combined. Um, I, I got through school with, I started, I ended with a, a 2.5, and my, my last year was like a 1.7. So you do the math, that's, uh, that's where alcohol took me. You know, I really, I quit caring. And uh, alcohol fixed everything. I get in a fight with my friend, we get drunk later. You know, I get in a fight with my girlfriend, get drunk, forget about it. She'd be back the next day. Um, it really did work. It honestly did. And um, I didn't have issues. I didn't have the insecurities. I didn't have the fear. I didn't have the, what am I going to do about this problem? You know, and like I said, any little amount of trouble I, ha I got into was worth it. It was it was definitely worth it. Um, excuse me. Um, got in trouble when I was 16, my first minor. Uh, another authority story. Uh, cop comes down, and we got about 130 people down along the river and busts our party up, and and he uh, writes me out a citation for, for minor and consumption. So I figure he got me for the night. He's going to leave me alone, so I sit on top of his the hood of his car, the hood of his cruiser, and put my feet on his bumper and light up a cigarette. Uh, not a good idea if you're 16 years old. Um, he came over and told me what he thought of that and gave me another citation for minor possession of tobacco. And uh, I got really upset, and he handcuffed me and threw me in the back of his car. And uh, that was my first lesson, and if you be nice, they'll be nice to you with the law. But um, I got arrested a lot. I got arrested a lot. I got put on probation since I was like 15 or 16. Um, I had a probation off or uh, a counselor that I went to go see who um, who would tell me to try things like not hanging out with old friends and tell tell me why can't you just not drink why can't you just go to your parties and not drink and and I would tell her I would you know sitting there up for like seven days getting ready to go drink got booze in my car and I'm just like I will tonight you know I'll try it. And I, and, and I really, I, I was like, she's probably right. This would probably work for me. And I'd go, the minute I leave her door, I'd, I'd forget it, you know. I mean, there's nothing about getting sober in my books. There's nothing about quitting drinking. I don't have a problem, you know. Everybody else has a problem. My mom and dad love me too much. Or uh, the cops pick on me. They know my car. They're after me. The tweet, the camera's in the balloons, you know. They're out to get me. I mean, I seriously thought the world was out to get me. But what alcohol did was it made me forget about that, and it and it helped me to be at ease, you know, all the time. Um, is it was I've heard it said before, but um, I'm going to say it again, that drinking, taking a drink of alcohol is probably the most spiritual experience that I've ever had. Um, get all shaky thinking about it because, really, the way I feel right now, I know it'll go away in a heartbeat. All I got to do is take a drink. Gone, you know. Uh, I'm okay, I'm comfortable. But the problems still, uh, problems keep building up, you know. Um, I'm not a real... I don't, I don't, I don't believe in bottoms at all. You know, you hear about people hitting rock bottom and stuff. And, um, I think if you're still alive and breathing, I don't think you've hit rock bottom. Um, that's my opinion only. But, um, my low point, I was, you know, I got in a lot of trouble, a lot of jail time, prison time, um, hanging over my head. I never went to prison, but, uh, my PO finally had enough. I got another, another minor in consumption when I was 20, uh, after countless drug tests failed, countless eye test. I couldn't even follow a pen and I'd be three days sober going in to see her. I've been clean for days. I'm all right. Follow this pen. Where's it at? You know, what are you doing? And, uh, 
So yeah. So she's finally she's she's had enough. She's like, you're done. Um, sick of wasting my time on you. You can't be helped. You know, uh, you're not staying sober. You're not doing anything to help yourself. You're gonna go to prison. And um, I threw probably one of my best alcoholic fits. I wish I had it on tape. I would love to see it again. Um, to try to convince her that I don't belong in prison, you know. I'm 20 years old. I got a minor. Come on, you know. I'm going to get my butt kicked in prison. Some little punk just get some. I mean, there's people that murder people in there. I just drank, you know. Um, not a big deal, I didn't think. Uh, so she did. She agreed to let me go to treatment, and that's how I ended up down, down here in Fargo. And um, I was going through treatment, and uh, I had a, I got a sponsor before I even came to AA, and uh, she took really good care of me for the first few months. Um, <laughs> my, current, my current roommate, Brent, would always ask me, he'd be like, you need to get a sponsor. You know, what are you going to do when that falls through? We love each other, you know. <laughs> it's not going to fall through. Don't worry about it. And um, sure enough, it did, and I was broke. You know, I uh, made a couple bad choices and, and took off to a casino, and me being the responsible, sobering alcoholic that I am, I called the share house to let them know I was going to the casino and they didn't uh, think that was a good idea either, but um, I did it anyway. And uh, I came back and they wanted to kick me out, so I reenacted my fit in front of my PO with them and called mom. Mommy, they're going to do bad things to me. Help me. And, uh, <laughs> and she did. She talked to the man and the man lightened up a little bit. Uh, but they, they they set out a list of things for me to do, and one of those things was get a sponsor. I, I didn't know I needed a sponsor. I didn't know it was part of the uh, requirement to be uh, to be sober. You know, I really didn't. And um, so I did. And this guy come in to talk to uh, the share house one night. He's talking really fast, and it, this is such a bad story. Do not pick a sponsor because you think he can get you drugs. Just don't, you know. Um, I'm probably like one of the rare cases where it worked out, but Paul came in and he was rambling and I was like, if I ever want to use again, this guy's got the hookup. So, <laughs> so I asked him to be my sponsor and he's like, you do a few simple things. You know, you go to, go to my home group and we meet once a week and you go to three meetings a week and you call me before you drink. And I'm okay, good enough, you know. Um, bought me a big book and uh, <laughs> told me to read around it, whatever. He's like, we'll start going through this pretty soon. And, uh, I was working at a job at the time that I had a lot of downtime, a lot of dead time. It was a customer service job for a, a, a bank in this town that should remain anonymous. And uh, I was sitting there with my headset on and had a lot of downtime. And I'm reading this book. And I got through the whole big book, front, front cover to back cover, two days. My sponsor's going to really be proud of me now. I made it through the whole big book. I'm done. You know, I've graduated. I read the book. I got it. And... Uh, I didn't get it at all. Um, there's a lot of interesting stories in there. Something about some guy getting drunk and walking in front of a car or jaywalking or I don't know. There's something like that in there, you know. Um, I didn't remember any of it. I just thought, read the book because then I'm done, you know. Uh, it's like school assignment. I'm, I read the book, I'm done. Um, but no, I went up to him and told him that. And he's like, no, I'm going to read the book to you when we meet. Oh, okay, you know. So we started doing that. And... Um, and we started going through the book, and I started learning a lot about myself, you know, by by telling him my problems. You know, Paul, I'm having a fight with my girlfriend. What do I do? Well, you've been fighting with her a lot. Why don't you just break up with her? Your life would probably be a lot better. But Paul, I love her, you know. I really do, you know. And he wouldn't have it. He'd be like, well, I'm not even going to talk to you about it anymore. Deal with it, you know. 
and uh, I went through a lot of pain over that um, because I was I was doing I was doing my thing, you know, um, taking taking the will into my hands. I had uh, a sponsor who was giving me great suggestions, saving my life, doing his best to uh, to pull me out of the crap pile that I had I had laid myself into, and uh, and I wouldn't have it, you know. I still thought that my way was the best way, and I still do. A lot of times today, <laughs> not just sometimes, but a lot of times, you know, um, it seems like anything my Kelvin sponsors me now. And it seems like anything he tells me, just just the hair on my back, the like three pieces that there are stand up. And I just was like, Kelvin, no. <laughs> then he gives me the look like you're going to get drunk if you don't do it. Oh, all right. You know. And I end up doing it, you know, it goes, I'm being a good person, being helpful, being honest, being, you know, geez, I stole stuff in sobriety. My, my first job, I worked at the uh, hotel that should remain anonymous here in Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> I stole 36 sets of silverware. <laughs> the worst part about it is the box of knives that I stole wasn't full. So when I had to take them back to make amends, here's a full box of forks, full box of spoons, and half a box of knives. You know, I don't have them at home. I'm, I'm serious, you know, like, this is all I took. And they kind of looked at me, and, and I was expecting to get fired and whatever, you know. Um, but they didn't. They didn't take away my key. They didn't do anything. They said, if you need something, just ask, and we'll help you out. Blew me away. Absolutely. I stole from these people, and they're like, just ask. And I was like, well, can I have some steaks? <laughs> I don't have any food at home, you know. But, um, but that's the kind of things that this program has done for me, you know. I can still screw up. I can steal. I can lie. I can, I can do all that stuff because that's me. That's what I've trained myself to be. That's my defense mechanisms. That's what keeps me from letting you guys inside. Because inside here, I'm scared. I'm terrified, you know. You find out what's really going on in my life, and, and you're going to just disown me. You know, you're not going to want to be my friend. You're not going to want to sponsor me anymore. You're not going to want to be my sponsor, brother. You're not going to want to be my roommate. You're not going to want to be my girlfriend, whatever, you know. You're not going to want me working for you anymore. Um, I have defense mechanisms that I have, I have spent years perfecting, and they're, they work so well to normal people, you know. But the, that's the beauty of this thing. I come in here in this room, and you guys all see right through it. You all know what's going on in my life. Uh, you all know when I'm having an off day, having an on day. Uh, you know how to help, you know. Um, I can't help myself. I'm, I'm an alcoholic, and, and I love to drink alcohol. I love to steal. I love to lie. I love to manipulate, you know. Um, I don't know how to stop. I, I can't, you know, I didn't until I came to uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. I didn't know that when you have a bad day, all it takes is a candy bar to get through it, you know. Um, these are keys that your sponsor will tell you, so get a sponsor and you get to eat chocolate. Um, and the story behind that, I'm going to tell that story too because Zach hasn't given me any cards in the last couple minutes. So um, I was just upset one day and I was in the car and I was just complaining to Kelvin. I was using a lot of bad language and why won't any of my sponsors listen in? They're all getting drunk and what's going on and it's just, I hate life and um, <laughs> he just looks at me. Here's what. Here's the deal, Dustin. He says, here's what I want you to do. I said, okay. What do you want me to do? He said, go to the store and buy two of your favorite candy bars. And said, Big cat, kick cat. I know that. I got an answer. Okay. So far, so good. Eat one of them and then I want you to think of ten things you're grateful for and then, then you can eat the other one, you know. 
So I did, and I tear into the first candy bar. I'm like, I feel good. Yeah, I'm grateful for blah, 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 blah. You know, my mom, my, my sister, eight things. I got eight things, and I was out. I was out of things to be grateful for. I was so mad because that candy bar was sitting right there. It's like, two more things, two more things. And then the light turned green. I was like, oh, I'm grateful for the green light, and I'm grateful I got air in my tires. <laughs> Done, you know? But it works. It really works. You know, I quit. I quit thinking about myself. I quit thinking about my problems. Um, it really worked. I was really amazed. I have yet to tell that to one of my guys yet either. They're the sick model sponsees, Leah, that you're talking about. But um, I don't know. This thing is amazing. Um, I would not have the things I have today inside, in here, you know. Um, because when I came into the program, I thought everything else was messed up. I thought everything else, everybody else had the problem. But I found out that I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm very sick. And uh, this is where I get well, you know. Um, it's like a diabetic needing insulin, you know. You guys, this meeting, um, other meetings, my sponsor, that's my insulin. That's what keeps me in check. That's what keeps my mind and my body flowing regularly, you know. Um, I don't think I'd necessarily have a seizure and die if I quit coming to meetings, but... Um, so what's the difference, you know? Uh, we all know how how this disease can get us, you know? And if you don't, uh, grab somebody, ask them to be your sponsor, and they'll tell you how it'll work, you know? Uh, this disease not only tells me that if I drink, I'll be okay, but it tells me that if I drink more, I'm going to be even better. And uh, I know now that it's it's true, but it's only temporary, you know? Uh, I have a permanent problem, and I need a permanent solution, and in eight or nine years of, of drinking and using and abusing and, and raping and pillaging, I have yet to find a permanent answer. No probation officer has ever helped me. No counselor has ever helped me. Uh, no teacher, my, my parents, you know. Um, none of that, why do you do this? None of that, why don't you quit? None of that, you need to cut back. None of that, you know, this is your 17th car you've wrecked this week. None of that worked. I, I have never, I don't know, it just doesn't. It didn't for me. Um, I'm an alcoholic, and this is where I belong if I want a, a shot at, at doing things right in the world. And I, I think back, you know, like right when I started out, I said that, you know, you have a list of things you want to be when you grow up and you know right from wrong. And I never didn't want the good things in life. I always wanted the good things in life, you know. I just, I was so into myself and into my my alcoholism that I didn't care to uh, to try to achieve them. And, um, and Al Alcoholics Anonymous has given me the means to do it, you know. Uh, Gary talked about the book. I have it. It's right there. Um, that's my manual for living, you know. I got, I got someone who, who knows the book better than me to tell me how to, how to explain it to me, you know, who makes me look up words in the dictionary if I don't know them. Um, but that's what's worked for me, you know. I have a great job today. I have a car that drives. Um, I have friends that care. I have a family that loves. And uh, and as I'm doing pretty good for myself, too. I'm able to do all that stuff for other people. And um, I don't know. It's all new to me, and I'm learning more every day. So I'm going to keep coming back. That'll pass.